Hi, and welcome back to the Coffee, Cake, and Kegels podcast. I'm your host, Stacy, and today my guest host is a former student of mine, Elena Janicelli, who is a body positivity coach and sex worker. I invited Elena to speak with me today about how she found her niche and what has truly made her happy in her life. Elena works to destigmatize sex work, and she helps people feel more comfortable with their sexuality and in their own skin. Thank you so much for being my guest host today, Elena. Thank you so much, Stacey, for having me. I'm happy to be here. You're so welcome. So <laughs> I, I'm so intrigued about what you do. So tell, before we get into what you do, tell me and the listeners how you got started. Like, what was your journey? Okay, so let's backtrack let's take it back to Brooklyn Woo. I'm now living in North Carolina I'm a <laughs> I'm a southern gal now okay um let's take it back to Brooklyn so you know graduated from college I went to St. John's on Staten Island got a marketing degree I fell in love with marketing and I, I really really loved it and hoped I could start my marketing career and then I went on 10 interviews and didn't get a single one <laughs> and I went home and I joined the Navy <laughs> Wait, literally. Hold up, hold up. (laughs) Wait a sec. Okay, so you you were like, I can't get a job, so I'm going to join the Navy. Like, what? What was that process? (laughs) Legit, the same exact exact reaction all of my family and friends had. And if they are listening, they're going to say, "Yep, we all said the same exact thing." What on earth, Elena? What? I was just a wild party child, you know, never, nobody in in a million years would have ever expected for me to have done that. And it just, I had a calling, right? And I just ran with it. So I came home, I I literally Googled how to join the U.S. Navy. And I thought my mom was just going to have a stroke in the kitchen, you know, typical Italian American mom, overprotective, I'm her only child, you know, so you can imagine just how wild that whole entire scenario was. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know anything about the military. I didn't know anybody in the military, no no friends, no family, nothing. I was literally the first one. And I made an appointment, met with a recruiter, and then I signed my life away and I ended up being a hospital corpsman, which were they're basically they're medics um, for the Navy and for the Marine Corps. And um, I, I signed my life away and I left, this was in June and I left in August. So two month turnaround, I shipped out for boot camp. And man, what a journey that took me on. It was just absolutely amazing. And then, you know, five years later, I got out in 2017. Went back. I actually went to nursing school because I, I wanted to take care of people. I wanted to be in the, the hospitality industry. I always loved, you know, getting to know people, communicating, taking care, being that person that people lean on. So I figured, hey, nursing would be a great start, you know, and I worked in medical in the Navy. So, you know, I figured it would be smooth transition. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was married with a little baby and it just was not for me. So I finished off strong. I ended up getting straight A's. I did one semester and I put it behind me. I said, you know what? At least I, hey, I used my GI Bill. I didn't have to pay for anything. I got the experience. I realized it was just not for me. 
Okay. And I ended up back in corporate world, business, you know, business admin jobs, business management, you know, that kind of stuff, office management. And I did that until August, this past August, 2021. I was sitting outside. This was when I was a smoker. I quit smoking a few months ago. Woo-hoo. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I've been smoking since I was 12 years old. Yes. <laughs> when I started high school so on and off so it, it definitely was a big accomplishment I'm very happy to kick that but um yeah so I um it I uh was outside my old job um and I was smoking a cigarette and I literally threw it down on the floor and I said I'm gonna quit I, I don't know what happened but like I said you know when things are supposed to happen for you they just happen they move you they make you they force you you just it just happens it, it it's almost like you don't even know how it just happens mm-hmm. i threw my cigarette down walked inside wrote my resignation letter and in 2 weeks i was done i said i am not working for anybody else ever again literally i was just done i didn't have any idea where that this would lead to i didn't have any idea i was going to become at this point you know, I didn't know I was going to be writing my first book and starting a business with one of my best friends and considering doing my own podcast and becoming a sex worker. Like what? What? (laughs) I was just, I was even blown away by myself of how these past few months have unraveled. So yeah, this is literally my journey. But the most important thing that I want to talk to you about is how much perfectionism and how much body image issues, body dysmorphia, all of that has literally affected me through all of these parts of life and got me where I am today. Um, I was never a person growing up to have any self-love. I was bullied at a very young age for many, many years. So, you know, growing up, constantly being bullied and constantly looking in the mirror and saying I'm not enough I'm not good enough I'm not pretty enough I'm not smart enough I'm not funny enough and you know it's just the culture growing up in Roman Catholic Brooklyn New York I feel like many of us have had these same issues of body dysmorphia and constant competition and perfectionism just you know always especially in high school you know Um, it's like Make sure you have the perfect hair and make sure you have the perfect juicy sweatsuit with the perfect oh. matching Uggs and the perfect Louis Vuitton bag oh to show goodness. off. Oh my goodness, the juicy On... sweatsuits and the um the sidekicks, I remember those, yep. Yes! yes, and they're actually coming back now, it's so funny. I don't, everything comes back, everything comes oh. back, but I, you know, just to piggyback off what you were saying, I can relate, I mean, I didn't grow up in Brooklyn, as you know, I grew up in Staten Island, but... right. The same exact thing. I feel that my worth was always measured by my size. So mm-hmm. I completely relate to that and not loving myself and not being raised to love myself. Yes. Right? That's because the biggest part. Our mothers didn't love themselves. So no. it's like a vicious cycle. So I totally understand. Yes. And I, I want to try and work to undo that generational damage. That's what I call it. Generational damage of people 
of our parents and their parents just not being taught how to love themselves because too busy working. I got bills to pay. I got kids to feed. I don't have time to practice self. What's self love? You know what I mean? My mother's in her sixties, her mid sixties now, and she still can't look in the mirror and accept who's in front of it. And I'm trying so hard to get her, you know, use my voice and my platform to try and help even my own mother, you know, But I think it's it's definitely, it it is. And it's definitely understanding the fact that it's, it's really not their fault. Like things are taught, right? But I think it's our responsibility to undo the things that are taught incorrectly, right? I, I, it's, it's really our mission in life is to do that and undo that damage and set the tone right for the future. Um, because I don't want my daughter to ever in a million years, I have a seven-year-old daughter, she's almost eight. I don't ever want her in a million years to look at me and say, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not enough. So what we do is, you're going to love this, we practice affirmations daily. And this is something that any of you can do, all ages. If you have children, you can do it with your children, boys, girls, anybody, anybody. You can do it with your parents. If you have a mother like me who doesn't see their worth you know um practice affirmations i stand in the mirror i posted a picture on my instagram this morning of my daughter brushing her teeth and we were just laughing in the bathroom we stand in the mirror together and repeat look at ourselves in the mirror and say i am beautiful i am strong i am enough we are creatures of habit right we are creatures of habit so that means everything we tell ourselves we're telling ourselves negative things constantly. We're going to believe those things. And that's why we believe these ugly things about ourselves. I'm too big for this. I'm not smart enough for that. I'm not rich enough for this. I'm not capable. Screw that. Delete that. I am not. Because that is the poison. This is what we have to undo. I can and I will. That is exactly you know and I love that I love the affirmations you do with your daughter I really want to I want to start doing that with with uh, my daughter because she already feels insecure about her looks because of kids at school Uh you know I don't I don't make it an issue at home but because obviously I've been through that and I've kind of learned here you know but I mean don't get me wrong every now and then I slip up because I'm human and still working through everything my own stuff but I love the affirmations and you're right. I just started reading a book. It's called <clears throat> The 369 Project. I just, okay. I'm like two, three pages in, but it's all about affirmations and saying, I am. Like, I am worthy. I am whatever. So I love that you're talking about this. It's it's resonating so much. So go ahead. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so necessary. I really, I, I really encourage all of you to do it with your loved ones, no matter what their ages and yourselves, because right, this is about self-love, self-care. And it's true. We hear this term. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. It is so true. I didn't fully, fully understand what loving my daughter was and loving my life was until I looked at the mirror and I said I love you I got you nobody else everybody else could disappear I'm here I got you Elena you know you really just we we are shunned away from that and, and we need to get back 
to that self-love. It's not conceitedness. It's not thinking, oh, who I am. I mean, maybe a little bit of that. Yeah, I think you need some conceitedness. Like, yeah, I got this. You know what I mean? That's confidence. That's sexy. It's Yes, I love it. But, you know, having those, having, you know, that, that growing up in high school was a mess. Then, a, you know, college, <laughs> probably not much better because I went to St. John's, which is just the whole bunch of people from Brooklyn and Staten Island and the whole area, a bunch of, you know, Brooklyn Italians all doing the same thing. Who's got the nicer mink coat? Who's got the nicer Louis Vuitton bag all over again? (laughs) Just another competition of who's more perfect than the other. So, you know, and then there was me, you know, with the messy bun thrown on top of my head, just like I was in high school, like a disaster coming in my Ugg slippers at 730 in the morning to class like I was half asleep. But I made it. I got through. And then when I was in the Navy, man, I lost 100 pounds with a personal trainer. I think I was like 260, 250. And then I got down with him. I was working out with him two, three times a week. And then I was going to the gym. And I, I lost. I ended up running nine miles a day to get ready for boot camp. It was like wild. I was in the best shape of my life. And I still looked in the mirror and saw that that bullied little girl that chunky bullied little girl with misshapen eyebrows and messed up teeth and hair out of place and it's true I I really had body dysmorphia until the past few months my whole journey my whole life I'm 32 years old I've had body dysmorphia until now um so in the navy I, I I was 150 pounds but I looked like I was 110 I had almost a six pack I could bust out a hundred push-ups at any given time I mean I was like a machine it was amazing and I still looked in the mirror and said I'm huge I'm ugly I'm not enough and I I can't even imagine how much it would have changed my whole life if I would have loved myself during these times you know because being in the military is a very isolating that's why the camaraderie that you gain in your military friends is just, it's unlike no other because you're all so on your own, you know, as part of the 1% of the entire population, you know, so you lean on each other so much during that time. I'm still absolute best friends with my military friends. I mean, even some of them are in Okinawa right now. And I still talk to them at midnight and they're just waking up having coffee. You know, it's, it's wild, but we make it work anyway. Um, but yeah, I still face those. I will never forget my Navy instructor was taping me because we have to be in, you know, weight regulations and, and physical fitness tests and all that. And she looked at me and she was like, Elena, you're obese. Oh my God. Yeah, I was I was 155 pounds. Imagine oh, right now, obese? I'm 220 at loving life. Oh my God, cool, I'd love I'm to obese. be 155 yeah. pounds. <laughs> you know what? Can you imagine? And I had almost a six pack and she's telling me I'm obese. She's looking. I'll never forget it. She looked at me and said, Elena, your numbers, you're obese. We got to work together. And I said, I really start. I almost started laughing because I mean, you know how I am. I, I'll laugh about anything. <laughs> but I remember I, 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 once again body dysmorphia 
body dysmorphia. And, and it's hard to combat that because I have to be in the regulations of the military while I'm in the military. You know what I mean? It was part of my job. It's part of your duty. It's not saying like you're not good enough. It's saying you have to be this way to be in this job. Right. So I had many issues with that. And then, you know, with marriage, with pregnancy, I joined the Navy in 2012, got married in 13, had my daughter in 14. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. You know, I I joined the Navy. I I went to lab school. I became a medical laboratory tech. Absolutely loved being a lab rat. It was the best thing ever. I got to draw blood. It was just so much fun. I loved my job. But being in the Navy and trying to struggle with, you know, postpartum, I ended up getting postpartum depression, um, Working 15, 16 hours a day in uniform and heavy boots and trying to breastfeed and trying to do all these things and be mom and be wife and be homemaker and be sailor. It was really so hard. And that just worked. It chipped harder at me with the self-love, right? I pushed so far away from that. And over the years, I, I realized I barely even looked in the mirror. I didn't know what I looked like naked. I didn't take pictures of myself anymore. Like back in the day, I used to love taking pictures of myself, like just to make myself feel good. You know what I mean? It was just a, a self-love practice. Yeah. And I stopped doing that. I stopped sending my husband pictures of myself. I stopped looking in mirrors and it just got worse and worse and worse over the years. And then, you know, through I'm now divorced, happily divorced. Me and my ex-husband are co-parenting. And we are very good friends. I mean, we literally, we had a corgi together and we sent each other corgi videos all day long. It's so, it's amazing the relationship we have now, especially for our daughter. It's such a blessing. Um, That's really beautiful too. I mean, for her sake as well, you know, for her sake, so. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's moved mountains with her mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. It's it's beautiful. Um, But, you know, through a very unhappy marriage, the biggest thing that I, I, I was very disconnected from sex, very disconnected. It was more of like a, a wifely kind of duty and not of sexual health and growth and love. You know what I mean? It, it was like it was more of just it is what it is. You know, no masturbation. I never looked at myself. I didn't touch myself. I didn't. It was it was just what it was. And, you know, now that years later, I realized just how toxic that was, you know, because yeah, just to to ask you a question, though, was was sex always like that for you? Like from when you were younger, did you just were you? No. Okay. It wasn't. Um, But when I was younger, it was a little distorted, right? Because I had such a bad body dysmorphia that I thought if a man wanted to have sex with me, that that meant he really liked me because Mm -hmm. I've been there, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, it's it's all Mm -hmm. part of that dysmorphia right and our worth and our value and I would just I had this notion that oh if a guy wanted to have sex with me wow he really was into me and and, oh maybe we can make this work then he'll know my personality and then he'll like me and want to stick around (laughs) no 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 because it all starts from within and this is something we don't learn until much later on in life sometimes it all starts from within and you you really attract who you are I when I first got divorced last year I was was separated we were dating other people you know mutually agreed to it I 
was attracting the most atrocious, I mean, like pathological liars, just people who would do anything just to get laid. And it was just ridiculous. I'm like, we're adults. We're in our 30s. What are we doing here? You know, and somebody would always tell me, Elena, you're not in the right mindset yet. You're attracting these people because you're not ready for this yet. And I'm like, who are you to tell me I'm not ready to date? I just got out of a horrific marriage. Like, what do you mean? How are you going to tell me I'm not ready for this? And it's true. After months of horrible dates and unsuccessful, you know, failed relationships and all these things, I said, it really does start from within. And I said, and that and that that quote, you can't love others until you love yourself. It just kept hitting me. I kept seeing it. I was dreaming it. I was. I, I would literally have visions of, you have to love yourself. You have to love yourself, Elena. Otherwise, nothing is nothing you're trying to accomplish in life. Your mission, your goals, your dreams. It's not going to happen. It starts with you. How are you going to stand up? in front of millions of people and speak your truth and try and motivate and inspire people to be the best selves. If you are sitting here slumped over, not taking care of your physical health, not taking care of your emotional health, your sexual health, your your spiritual health, physical health, all of it, all of it, they are all important. All of them are important. And, and one thing that we don't speak about much is sexual health. Now, thank God, we're talking about mental health. The, the whole revolution with mental health is, is really empowering. And, and it's beautiful watching it all unfold and watching people really, you know, talk about these things and having these uncomfortable conversations about anxiety, depression, about any kind of personality disorders, how it's affected their lives, how it's affected their loved ones. I, I love uncomfortable conversations and we're living in an age that we're having them. Yeah, it's great. It's and, pretty, it's a pretty great time to be alive, even though people don't think so. <laughs> it is. Oh, really... I, honestly, I'm such an old soul. I probably should have been alive in like the 50s, 60s, but like, I am so happy to be alive in today's day and age because this is just this is the the life of being uncomfortable and i love being uncomfortable because that means growth it means change yeah. you know you don't you don't just wake up and say oh i'm going to change the world and it's just going to be nice and cozy like a nice warm hug like no no <laughs> no it's, it's not like that no it's very uncomfortable but elena i want to talk about okay so you you know you had issues with your body image, sexual, you know, your, you know, how you felt sexually, mm -hmm. but yeah. what got you to, what got you to become the body positivity coach and a sex worker? So first I'll talk about the body positivity coach. Um, so basically over time I realized that, you know, receiving feedback through people you know, they're just like, wow, you know, you know how to make me feel good. Like, you know how to really like to, you know, people lean on me. People come to me, even strangers write to me and say, I'm really, you know, inspired, motivated by you because I'm just so raw and real. I will post myself looking like a bag of trash at 7 a.m. trying to drop my daughter off late, one shoe on. Like, I, I just want to be as real and raw as possible. And it attracts people to be as real and raw as possible. And through that, it has allowed me 
you know, that doorway and other people, that doorway of saying, I don't feel good about myself. I hate myself. What can I do? How do you love yourself? And this is how I do it. And I speak to them, just tell them this, exactly what I'm here sharing with you now, my story, my struggles. I have lived it. I have looked in the mirror, Stacy, and said, I hate you. I don't want to be here anymore. You are worthless. I know what that feels like and you are not alone. I know what it feels like. And I think the best people that can help us sometimes are the people who know what that feels like, that exact feeling of whatever you're going through. That empathy is like nothing else. Absolutely. And I like I was on the phone with a dear friend of mine a couple days ago and she was having a really bad anxiety attack. And I said, okay, listen, what's wrong? We were talking. I said, what's wrong? Talk to me. I just, I, I'm just freaking out. I constantly have this feeling of perfectionism. Like if I don't say a certain thing right, this one's going to get mad at me. If I don't eat this way, I'm just going to gain weight and it's going to take away. It's just that perfectionism again. And I literally just coached her through the whole thing. I said, listen to me, let's take some deep breaths. Let's take some deep breaths. I got her through the whole entire bout of anxiety, calmed her down. She was just having very, you know, we get like this sometimes. We have these wild feelings sometimes, and it's okay. You have to understand that these wild, crazy feelings, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We all go through them. We all go through them, and it's okay. If you lean on your tribe, the people who really love and care for you the most, that that is how you will get through it so that's basically how i i became this coach and i work with people you know for free i mean i i seriously i love it i get so much enjoyment out of it well i don't know if it'll be free forever but, but <laughs> yeah no at some point you need to make you know, you know you have to earn a this living. is a business of my life but yeah just like teaching people i you know the affirmations a lot of people don't even know what an affirmation is if you don't know what it is and you're listening to this, please just Google it. Look it up. Look up what affirmations work. <laughs> Not all affirmations work for everybody. Find the ones that work for you. But just that, that repeated positive, that repeated positive stuff, because repeated negative stuff is going to take us backwards. So we repeat positive things over and over and over again. It's almost like that fake it till you make it. Yeah, fake it. I don't believe I love myself right now, but I'm going to tell myself I love myself. And if I tell myself that every single day, eventually I'm going to believe it. Fake it till you make it. It works. Yeah, it and really does work. People can really develop their own affirmations. If if the ones that they're Googling and, you know, whatever, don't resonate with them, they can make their own, you know, whatever's personal yeah. to them. Yeah. All right. So let's talk sex work because... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is a so, huge stigma. There's a huge stigma about sex work. And um, all right. So tell how did this happen? How did it happen? And so I'm, I'm intrigued. Taking, <laughs> taking pictures of myself has always made me feel good, right? And through the dating process, I would, you know, take said pictures and send them to guys I was talking to. And the feedback was just phenomenal. And it made me feel good. It made me empowered. And I said, you know what? What do I love to do my whole life? I love taking care of people and I love making people feel good. I said, maybe, maybe if I go into sex work, maybe I can really make people feel good and enjoy it at the same time. Nursing didn't work out. Military didn't work out. 
office management didn't work out, corporate life didn't work out. Maybe if I do something that I love, like taking nudes and taking videos of myself or anything, maybe sharing that, I can make people feel good with my body and my platform and my voice on an unlimited unlimited because it's people all over the world on i mean i'm, I'm through only fans i don't know you know there's so many different venues you know because who knows if you, that website's even going to be around forever with all the talks going on lately but i have um a couple only fans accounts um i have one that's free that i use to promote my um I, it's called i call it a vip you know that there's like a monthly subscription fee to it and basically what i do personally is it's basically like a blog of my sex life and so like normal sex life i don't like just go and make appointments with people to film content for my page i have a normal healthy sex life and i you know cons to to consensual adults you know he the, the person that I'm with agrees we can film this. Okay, just don't put my face in it. Don't put up whatever. And we watch it together. We make sure it's okay for me to post. And then I post. And it's amazing how this, <laughs> I, I couldn't even believe where it took me. One of my number one fans literally is a cancer survivor. And him and his wife, I basically opened the door and created a safe space for him and his wife to send me their sex videos because it made them feel good and they didn't they didn't know who to send them to you know so they sent them to me and i watched it for i watched it and and it comforted them and made them feel better and just talking about sexuality and all these things literally lit a fire to their sex life and they thanked me all the time for it both husband and wife and it's just that kind of stuff right there you can't put a price on you cannot put a price on that. And I never would have imagined that happening in a million years, you know, other than making people feel good in the sense that you can, you know, understand what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, but really like inspiring people. I have people that write to me through OnlyFans saying, I love that you don't cut your content. I love that you don't use all these filters and 20,000 pounds of makeup and all this stuff. And you're not afraid to show your cellulite and your bumps and your body. Because you know what? It's, it's self-love. It's really, it all boils down to self-love. So really... Uh, talking to these other sex workers, they're just normal people like you and I. They just have a really freaky, kinky sex life, and I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with it. And I think people need to have these uncomfortable conversations with themselves, with their spouses, with people that they're just sleeping with, with whoever, because your sexual health is just as important as your mental, as your physical, as your spiritual and your emotional. It's just as important. It's just as a part of your everyday life. It's okay to want to think about adding sex toys into your relationship. It's okay to need lubricants in the bedroom after having kids and drying up a little bit. You know, it's okay to need reinforcements. It's okay if you don't need them. It's okay if you don't want them. But having these uncomfortable conversations are necessary in true growth and empowerment. So that's what I do. It's basically like my sex blog. And I'm here to just inspire and move mountains because I want people on this ride with me. I really do. If I there's one person listening 
that thinks to themselves, you know what? I just learned something today. You just sparked something in me today. It's all worth it then. It's all worth it to me. I am just here to tell you, you are not alone. I have had a wild journey and I know I have a wild journey ahead. And I am just, I'm loving every second of this, Stacey. I really am. I love that. But like, my my thing is, how have you, I mean, we all know there's a stigma around this. We all know that. Yeah. So have you been met with any criticism like, um, do, do your, does your family know? Do your friends know? Um, I honestly don't know. All my friends know. Um, I don't know if my family members know. There's some that might know. After hearing this, I'm sure they're going to find out. And I've already accepted that. This is my life, right? They're not paying my bills. They are not taking care of my daughter. They are not making sure my responsibilities and my needs are met and it also like I've, I've been on my own since 2012 since I joined the Navy you know so I've kind of always done my own thing um, there are definitely adversities to face in this life you know there's constantly lawmakers trying to take down sex workers they're trying to get rid of every single porn site on the internet right now like anything to do with sex they are trying to take down right now um, across the country and make it illegal and it's just, it's wild to me because it's like, you know, sex is between two or more, or I mean, even one, one or more consenting adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the, you- I think that the, the taking down of the porn sites, because I am a proponent of that, actually, mm-hmm. um, it's not about the consensual sex. It's about the minors the, and, the right. girl, and, the, and the children being trafficked. Right. Uh, that's really what it is. I, you know, I think that porn... If you're, if, you know, if that, if, you know, like watching it on the internet, whatever, if that's a consensual, if two people are having consensual sex, it's completely different than what the reason why these lawmakers are trying to have it removed. Right. And that's the, that, that's the stigma right there is knowing that there is unconsensual and there is consensual. Let's not tarnish the whole entire industry and break down and bring down the people who don't belong in it. Right. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. just let let people live. Let people live their lives. But yes, I am all for get, getting rid of that stuff because I know it's very and especially as a mother. No, I know. I it's, know. A very, it's a very it's a hard pill to swallow that these things even happen in our world, you know, but I, I'm here to tell you, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. I do face these adversities. I do face the thought of my mom or my cousins calling me, cursing me out, calling me a whore, whatever the case may be. I've already had these conversations with myself and how I'm going to handle it. And I'm just going to tell them exactly what I'm telling you now. This is my life. I'm going to live it the way I want. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm here to inspire. I'm here to change. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do here. Well, I I love that you are so brave. I mean, it's it's not easy to stand in that light, you know. It's and also hold space, no. hold space for others, you know, because that's what like with that couple, that's what you're doing. You're holding space for others as well, mm-hmm. and trying to just bring about awareness and comfort yeah and yeah yeah and to be it's comfortable comfort. with yourself yeah because so many people I mean even though we live in this culture now where everything is over sexualized you oh, know yeah. everything oh. is 
people still, when it comes to their own private sex lives, they still have, you know, issues around it because of their, yeah, because the way they feel about their body or if they've had trauma, you know, especially around sex, you know, sexual, um, you know, being molested and, and all different things like that. So it's just, you would think that today's day and age, because everything is over-sexualized, that everyone's like, woohoo, comfortable, and they're not, you know? No, and quite the opposite. Right. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really amazing that you're finding joy in this work and helping other people. Absolutely. I really, it feels like, I, I, it feels like a calling, a calling. And, you know, it, it might last a few years, it might last a few days. I don't know. I'm taking it one day at a time and taking it for what it is and enjoying every day I get the chance to use my platform to make people feel good. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who who are we to judge others really that do this work if it makes you happy? Like, like you said, it's consensual. You know, you mm-hmm. obviously the person you're with, it's consensual as well. Who, who yep. are we to judge you for what you're doing and it's making your life happy, you know? Just like me. Who am I to judge anybody for what they do? Who? Who, who am I? I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm just as like everybody else. And even if I become rich and famous one day from all of this, I'm still going to be Elena Janicelli from Brooklyn. I'm still going to be the stoop kid that played ball <laughs> outside and watched cars drive by for five hours at a time on a Tuesday afternoon after school with my besties I'm still gonna be you know like that same person that's just it'll never change to my core I'll always be that person and I just I, I want you all who are listening to just all I want you to take away from this my biggest thing is to just realize you're not alone and it's okay to have these uncomfortable feelings and thoughts and it's it's normal very normal and you're not alone I love that so now let's let's so let's talk like the technical part of your job um do you like what about protection like how do you protect yourself things things of that nature um there are definitely so there's multiple ways I have to protect myself, right? I have to protect my sexual health physically. I go get STD tested every couple of months, um, do my due diligence. I make sure the people that I sleep with get STD tested. Um, and then there's also the internet side of it, right? People can steal my information and pretend to be me all the time. So I just monitor and make sure who's subscribing to me. I keep on track of that. And I just, you know, keep that in mind that, that people are out to get me at any given time because that's just the reality of the world. Um, I don't have any of like my location services turned on. Nobody knows really where I live. So I'm protected in that sense. Um, so that's really how I, I protect like overall everything. But yes. Yes, yes, yes. Questions. You have to ask questions when it comes to these things. Uncomfortable questions. When was the last time you got tested? Have you ever had an STD? Do you currently have any? You know what I mean? These are uncomfortable questions that need to be asked. And I think, forget about sex work. That's in everyday life if you're sexually active. Uh, yeah, of course. And and no one, a lot of people don't ask that question. They're, you know, no. they don't. They're just no. like, okay, well, we're just going to have sex and, you know. But um, where do you so where do you find your partners? Um, actually, I met them through Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, 
You know, I have this whole spiel that I go by and I let them know, like, hey, I'm not looking for someone to just have sex with on camera. I'm looking for ultimately a friend, someone I can hang out with, somebody that I can rely on that can rely on me. I need that companionship in my life. I love being single. I do not want a relationship. Um, But the friendship and the bond is necessary because what I sell on my page is 100 percent natural. Like I said, it's like a sex blog. So this is my normal sex life. So these people I'm completely attracted to physically, emotionally, mentally. I know that the men that I sleep with, especially that, you know, for content, they're seriously my great friends. Like, I know that I can just go and hang out with them and just, you know, be laid back, have a couple beers, hang out. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really, it's more about the connection and the friendship for me than it is about looking good on camera for content. That's awesome. The, okay. The overall relationship. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's great. So now if anyone out there listening, cause I do have a little bit of a male population okay. um, and plus, fe- you know, female too. I mean, whoever's in, whoever, whatever floats their boat. Oh yeah. What is your, for uh, OnlyFans name or page or I don't even know how to say it because I am I know nothing about <laughs> I know nothing about OnlyFans. So what would what I is the name like? What's the name? I could also link it. Um, my my at is it's at Masso Kitty. So I, I had this like I'm a masochist, which it's a whole the whole nother realm of talk that we can maybe have another time. Oh yes, I love but, that. Briefly, I am I am very into um, BDSM, um, and I have found out I am a masochist, which means I enjoy pain inflicted on me during sex. I'm glad um, you now, said. I'm glad you said it because I was going to yes. ask you like to to explain. I know I know what it is, but maybe some people listening don't. Okay, thank you. Yes, yes, and it's 100 percent consensual, consented. I love it. Um, so that's where my name came from. And then like an ex called me a kitty cat. So I was like, okay, I'm like a little kitty cat. So <laughs> my, my at is Maso, M-A-S-O-K-I-T-T-Y, Maso Kitty 13, 13. I was born on Friday the 13th. It's my favorite number in the whole wide world. Um, so yeah, that's my at. It's usually my, um, same one on Instagram. I have a TikTok with the same at, and I just try and shed light on everything, all things sex, being a mom. I mean, I'm literally just sharing who I am, obviously not on OnlyFans, but on TikTok and on, you know, my social media. Um, you can share my so my Instagram, my personal Instagram, if anyone wants to talk to me, you know, offline, even about like not sex, even about like anything else. If they want to reach out to me, I love speaking to people. I love communication. I love getting to know people. I love people reaching out to me and lo- leaning on me. So I welcome all of you to please contact me. I will gladly just say, hey, heard you through Stacey's podcast, just so I know where you came from so I can get a better idea of how you, um, you know, heard about me. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's how anyone can find me. Awesome. So I'm going to link that for the listeners down below if anyone's interested. And Elena, thank you so much for, you know, being my guest today and being so candid and brave, sharing your story, enlightening us, you know, on sex work and, you know, how you're trying to break stigmas. I really do... I admire your courage. I really do. 
I cannot thank you enough for having me. It's been such an honor. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who are taking the time to listen to this. Thank you for everything. As always, guys, thank you for listening and have a great day.